Welcome! We got the winner. No, the winner, the president. <laughs> I thought uh, they give, will give me an envelope, but no. No. I You're going to read. I will read for you. Okay. Thank you. Mendova se domsilni një zarf, por jo do ndodhe gjithë e gjitha live nga antari juri, sorry, I forgot your name. My name is Christer. Kristen. Christer. Christer, okay. Welcome to the Euro What, episode number 71 for the week of January 6th, 2020. I'm Mike McComb, and I'm joined today by Ben Smith. Hey, Ben. Hey, Mike. We are a pair of Americans trying to make sense of the Eurovision Song Contest, and this week we'll be catching up with what's gone on over the holidays. How's it going, Ben? Uh, it's good. I have swept away the cobwebs from my podcasting desk, Woo. Uh, <laughs> and I have checked, the, I've checked our, our Google thingy for this episode and apparently no one took our directive to not do things while we were away for like two to three weeks yeah yeah it was it was a little busy i mean some of it we knew about we knew that albania was going to happen but we just didn't know that albania was going to happen the way that albania happened so much (laughs) Um, well yeah because like we we did very carefully in the two episodes we released in the last couple weeks be like hello we're here but not actually and albania is happening but we're not going to talk about it yeah. And now we get to talk about it. And there's so much. Yeah, I guess we'll just dive right into it. A lot happened with Albania's selection, a little bit of controversy, but having all, all of this time elapse, I think everything's calmed down, maybe. I don't, I, I don't know how the internet works. But uh, so uh, there was the uh, Festivali Ikangas the week before Christmas. And uh, the winner of the contest was Erelina Ara with the song Shy. I'm not entirely sure where to start here. I, I, I guess I could just go. Uh, did did, did mean, you happen to just, watch any of uh, FIK? I did not watch any of FIK, although I did watch both what was expected to win and what actually won. Which anytime that you have somebody belting what sounds like the word shy in like a very loud voice, it just makes me think of Once Upon a Mattress and Carol Burnett. Oh, okay. <laughs> now that would have been controversial if that was like a surprise like, right in vote. Yes, like <laughs> one, this is an existing song from a Broadway musical and mm. not an original composition. Two, that is Carol Burnett. Yeah. And it's in English, which I, I think also would not fly. But um, so, uh, yeah, uh, a little bit about uh, Erelina. Uh, she is the winner of the second season of Albania's X Factor uh, back in 2013. And uh, it was a very long competition. They, uh, like, along with all of the auditions and boot camp and all of that, uh, there were 16 weeks of live shows. And that entire time, she was never up for elimination, which is pretty impressive. And she's competed in other music festivals uh, around Albania. This past year, uh, she was a judge slash mentor on uh, the Voice Kids Albania. So she is a known quantity in the Albanian music industry. So the way that uh, FIK was working this year, it was 
uh, two nights of semifinals. And semifinals is a little bit of a misnomer. It's They had a field of 20 contestants, and they just had 10 compete on the first night, 10 compete on the second night. It wasn't the way that Eurovision is, where it's like, oh, we have 18 countries competing, and 10 of them will advance. And then, uh, yeah, like it wasn't that sort of matchup type thing. From that field of 20, originally it was supposed to be 10 acts advancing. Uh, they upped that to 12. Um, and I think in the final breakdown, there were five from the first night and seven from the second night. So again, it wasn't like strict X number from each semifinal are going to advance. The first night of the contest, which was the Thursday before Christmas. Yeah, I thought it was very efficient. Like they didn't have a whole bunch of interval acts. I think part of it was it was probably a school night. So they were just like, hey, we have to be out of the venue by midnight. So uh, yeah, like. Things are moving very quickly. I don't know. Nothing to drag the show out. (laughs) No shenanigans were had. Right, right. Um, And uh, Mahmoud uh, performed at the end of the show, uh, which I thought was an interesting choice, like having kind of like the headliner interval act, not actually performing at the interval. He was kind of the closing of the show. But uh, he did Soldi. He did one or two other songs. And yeah, it was a pretty good performance. Crowd was really into it. So his, his success is continuing. Uh, the second night was not at all efficient. <laughs> um, this was kind of like, since it was uh, the Friday uh, of the contest, they were able to do a lot more of the, I don't know, Lifetime Achievement Award type stuff. I, I don't want to call it filler material just because like this festival is like a celebration of Albanian music. So there are they are going to be handing out awards and that sort of thing. And yeah, one of the performances was an interval act involving a line of dancers dressed as Joker from the movie Joker dancing to I believe it was Rock and Roll Part 2 which I think is the song from the movie I didn't see the movie but I think they were I, I also the... have not seen the movie but judging by the Golden Globes the, the Hollywood Foreign Press does love it yeah so I don't know if it's like Joker was the number one movie in Albania last year or what was going on but um, it, it seemed a little off topic is, is all I'm going to say <laughs> And it was kind of in the tradition of FIK, where it was, uh, yeah, just all of these interval acts. And it's like, no, you have two competing acts left to go. Why are we taking, can't we just get this going? And it was just, yeah, when they brought out the children's choir, it's just like, I have to get to the bank. So I left to like run my errands, uh, came back probably like 20, 25 minutes later. The results were still being tabulated. And uh, and a different children's choir was performing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, when I came back, the, the, the stream that I was watching, it was through YouTube, but it felt like it was through methods. Um, like it, it was not the official stream, but the person who was running this stream was like typing out notes on the screen, just being like, hey, this will probably start up again in like 30 to 40 minutes. And it's like, okay, I have no idea. I have no idea when this 30 to 40 minutes started, but I think that's a safe estimate regardless. When the, per- when the person hosting the official stream is, is like posting an apologetic note mm-hmm. note in, in the video... I'm yeah. just like, no, 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 it's fine. This will be back in yeah. like 20 minutes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. it's just like, we all know how this goes. And it's like, yeah, we do. So <laughs> uh, so the actual results of the semifinals were announced in kind of an after show type thing where there was a host like interviewing songwriters, uh, past participants, current participants in the festival. It, it's kind of like one of those after shows, like after uh, Walking Dead or Breaking Bad or whatever. Um, it, it was not hosted by Chris Hardwick. 
Uh, and yeah, eventually they got the notice that like, oh, the results are in. And uh, Christopher Bjorkman uh, walks out on stage. Uh, he was the head of the jury. This was the first time that they had an international jury uh, at the festival, uh, which had three international jurors. It was uh, Christopher Bjorkman, Demetrius, uh, I should have looked up his last name, um, from uh, Demetrius from the Dream Team, uh, who... Uh, was behind like Siri Lazarev's uh, last couple of performances, that sort of thing, and the head of the Icelandic uh, delegation, um, and then uh, two members uh, were from like the Albanian music industry. So it was a jury of five. Interesting that more than half of the jury was not Albanian, but okay. Yeah, Christopher walks out on stage and it's like, oh, I have the results. And the host is just like, oh, great. Uh, we'll figure this out. He tries to take the clipboard from Christopher and Christopher's like, no, no, no. Uh, I, I will be making the announcement. It's like, oh, okay, cool. Sorry, what's your name? And I was just like, oh, he hooed Christopher Bjorkman. He hooed Christopher Bjorkman. <laughs> And yeah, so uh, Twitter was very punchy at this point. And yeah, we were all kind of fell out of our seats at that. So they announced the 12 acts. It was fine. I did not actually get to watch the final going to the full results. They announced that Erlina won and the song Meitana did not win. And it was, if you look at the full results, the international jury gave Meitana, which had like all of the pyrotechnics, choreography, like Total ethno banger uh, was the phrase mm-hmm. that I kept seeing on Twitter. Looking at the scoring system, there is like that larger margin of first gets 18 points, mm-hmm. second gets 13, and then you have 10 to 1. The international jurors gave gave top points for uh, Meitana and not great scores from the Albanian jurors. Uh, Erolina's scores, they were in the top three for the international jurors and for the uh, for the Albanian jurors. So yeah, it was like kind of the consensus winner, which mm-hmm. is fine. Like I think yeah, which this... is which is fine. That happens. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the song is fine. Yeah, as as someone who listened to both of them prepping for this, I'm like, this is fine. But it feels like what Albania has been sending the last three years yeah although and especially well especially for me listening to metana immediately after listening to shy mm-hmm. was just like oh this is why i would like them to sound where it's a little bit more up tempo it's a little bit more it's a little bit more fun and it just feels very different from what albania has been sending the last several years yes with the way that the scores broke down like there was just all sorts of controversy just uh i mean par- partly because uh metana was the like crowd favorite going in and there is no public component to the voting for fik so meitana was the one that had like 3.5 million views going into the festival and just like breaking all sorts of youtube records for them and it just kind of got to the point where the videos ended up getting taken down off of youtube and then uh, rtsh the national broadcaster their youtube channel got shut down temporarily because uh people were protesting by filing all sorts of copyright notices it's like well we don't have a say in this but we can take down their youtube channel so that'll do yeah yeah so it's uh been kind of a mess uh esc takeover did a very thorough breakdown uh that we'll have linked in our show notes of just like how all of this broke down the videos are back up rtsh has their youtube channel back but man oh man it was just kind of a crazy couple of weeks and i think part of that was just because 
Albania is the only thing that was kind of happening for a while. So like all the Eurovision fans are just like ready for there to be something. So it's like, oh, well, this is the only thing. It's just going to get our undivided attention. So <laughs> drama, 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 drama. Uh, we, 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 we are piranhas <laughs> in the water and this is a fresh cow carcass. Yes. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Say nom, nom, nom. So uh, yeah, the song, it's probably going to end up uh, getting translated to English. Erlina mentioned that it, the song was originally written in English and then translated into Albanian. And that was another part of the controversy this year, because this is the first year that FIK allowed songwriters outside of Albania to participate. And this was co-written by somebody from, I believe it was North Macedonia. So that also added to the harumphness of what was going on. So it's interesting to me from like what Albania wants FIK to be vis-a-vis mm-hmm. Eurovision, you know, where it's just like, oh, well, this is like the national song contest for Albania, which they take very, very seriously as I read more and more about this. But at the same time, it's like their Eurovision selection method. And it makes sense that the international jurors would go with something like Metana, which was like built for Eurovision. But the contest isn't about being for Eurovision. Like, it, it, it's kind of like the inverse of Melfest in a way, where mm-hmm. like, Melfest is just like, oh, yes, this is the way that we select our Eurovision entry. And it's also the Swedish National Song Contest, but it's about Eurovision. Whereas with Albania, it's just like, no, this is the Albanian song process. And uh, and also there's some other thing later happening in May. Yeah, yeah. And like, you can go if you want to. We don't care about that. This is about the song. And yeah, and it's... I, I, I don't think this... This year's process really married the two ideas as well as they had hoped, but it's fascinating. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, there's been a lot of grumbling and hand-wringing and stuff. So, like, that's that's not great, but it's been very interesting watching this whole thing unfold. Indeed. So that was before Christmas. After Christmas, uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, on New Year's Eve, uh, Georgia Idol had their final and they they changed it up from last year where the final was the selection of the artist and the song this time it's just the artist the song's going to come later and the winner of that was uh Triniki Kiniapi who also goes by the name Kippo uh he's 31 years old and he won the first season of Georgia's version of X Factor in 2014 and he was mentored by Tomta, uh, which is a kind of funny that's coincidence. A fun, that's a fun connection. Yeah, yeah. He definitely has a rocker vibe about him. Uh, I found a really mm-hmm. fun cover of a Kylie Minogue song that he did on X Factor. Uh, fun is um, fun is a different word than I would use. I did I did not like that cover, but that's mostly because I like I, I like the Kylie Minogue original, and I'm I don't love this whole movie trailer thing where we find like a fun song and make it dark. Mm. and serious and that just felt very much in that vibe that's fair i I don't know i think i I think i was just kind of tickled because i would not have expected to hear that particular kylie minogue song covered yeah like i i definitely clicked on that video while looking up who this guy was being like oh this should be this is interesting that he picked that one and then the the rendition started like oh yeah we're doing we're doing one of these yeah yeah so that's a puddle of mud version of this Oh, that's that's a good call. Yes. Uh, um, he did try to represent Georgia in 2017 with the song You Are My Sunshine. The 2017 selection was the one where there were like 25 different acts competing. So it was a very long uh, 
afternoon of uh, watching while at work. But I remember that entry where it's like, wait, you are my sunshine. And it's just like, it's just kind of like a puddle of mud intoning of the phrase, you are my sunshine. And um, I kind of loved it then and then was sad to discover that it finished 23rd out of 25. But I'm going to need to click on that after the show just to just to see if he makes me happy when skies are gray. Yeah. <laughs> He that's all that my, that's yeah. all that my brain's doing right now, yeah. and that's probably not what that song sounds like, yeah. given so. his cover of Kylie Minogue's Can't Get You Out of My Head. During his run on Idol, uh, he won every week of voting except for the first week, and I think he finished in second the first week of voting, so uh, much like Arlena from Albania, he has a very strong fan following from the home yeah. audience. So Yeah, George, Georgia saw him on Georgian Idol and was like, yes, we would like some of that, please. Yes, so no word yet on when his song will be coming out or uh, any details about that because it's just been a week. I think this is a good choice for Georgia. They seem to do a lot better when they're sending kind of more rock entries. Uh, mm-hmm. than, like, well, yeah, like this stuff, feels, so. this felt, having just heard him covering those songs... It, it felt very much a little in the same sphere as what they sent last year. So, yeah, they clearly have a thing that they like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah. is good. It's good to have a brand. And I think they demonstrate that brand very well. In addition to all of this, uh, one thing that we did not really cover in December was Australia was completing their field of artists for Australia Decides this year. Uh, and we now know like the final six artists. We had talked about the first four, but there are six more of them. So we have a full complement of 10. And like now we've got little bits and pieces of details where we know some of the songs they're going to be singing, but not all of the songs they're going to be singing. So I just wanted to do a rundown of who these people are. What was nice about the six is that they kind of neatly divide into two different genres of contestant at this thing and one thing that we've noted about australia's selection is that they've been pulling from a lot of different interesting places of of pop music and where you can find things from because we have some known singers we have some reality show people we have some theater people so all things that that are a good combo for eurovision the most recent sections of three people kind of fall into kind of like the alternative radio side of things so triple j is australia's alternative station uh, Pitchfork, which is one of the music websites I follow, often will will pick up what's going on there and talk about mm. artists that are up and coming. Uh, and then the other half is just like more uh, Australia's Got Talent, X Factor, voice people. But on the Triple J side of things, first two that got announced were Montaigne and Dittery. So Montaigne was a Triple J Unearthed finalist in 2012. Since then, she she's adopted the moniker Montaigne for the music that she makes uh, and... She describes it as art pop, and the song I listened to from last year, Ready, kind of fits in with that. She's won a couple ARIA awards, Mm. so she was their breakthrough artist for her first album in 2016. Her album that came out last year got a lot of really good critical praise. Uh, In her little paragraph about being part of Australia Decide, she's mentioned that she's excited for the opportunity to release the part of me that is dramatic and extreme, which sounds fun. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, Dittery uh, is similarly uh, up and coming. He's more on like the indie folk pop side of things. Various comparisons I saw online were uh, Glenn Hansard uh, and Hozier, and I can kind of hear that in in like some of the songs I was able to find. Uh, there's not a lot else other than like in his little blurb in the, that was out at the same time as Montaigne's. They're friends, which is which is nice. Yeah, Yay, right. friends! I did a little bit of digging on him, and he also participated in a monkey's tribute album it sounded interesting it kind of had um a little bit of a jacob dylan vibe that that was at least what i picked up from it yeah yeah i would i I would agree with that uh 
And then of the of the three kind of Triple J people that I'm most excited about, uh, Jaguar Jones uh, is going to be performing a song called Rabbit Hole at Australia Decides. She describes her sound as an Eastern cowgirl howling at the rising sun. So she is part Taiwanese. Hmm. My description of her sound is that it's sort of half kind of what Orville Peck is doing with, with Western imagery. Hmm. But then also a lot of like the the this band, the Dum Dum Girls, where it is sort of like 50s and 60s grungy rock. Okay. Yeah. And like I was looking up a bunch of her songs because she's got three singles out from last year. Uh, Kill Me With Your Love is is super interesting. It has some super interesting visuals, which I'm not sure if that will translate to the Australia Decide stage. But I'm, 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 that's the one I'm most interested to see from that wing of newly announced artists. Mm. And then we also have uh, the uh, televised music competition show side of things filling out the the roster so we have diana ruvis uh, who will be performing can we make heaven she is the 2019 winner of the voice australia and i was very confused because i was while digging through videos of, of her performances like there are some here from 2012 and it turns out the 2019 voice australia was an all-star season yeah okay so she placed fifth uh on the voice australia in 2012 and then later won last year's edition mm-hmm there are all sorts of videos of her performing various diva ballads things. Okay. Uh, another one on that side of things, Jack Vigin, who won the fifth season of Australia's Got Talent in 2011 when he was 14. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Uh, th- yeah, there is a video I dug up, and that is it is the, that genre of blank Scott Talent person, just the child with an amazing voice. Okay. Um, where that's just, where that's just a thing that we have on TV now. Yeah. And, um, and Eurovision is almost inevitably the next stop after that. So. It, it, yeah. Um, he was also on the same season of the voice Australia as Diana was in 2019. Huh? He was eliminated in the semifinals though. Hmm. And then the, the final person there, uh, Jordan Ravi, who I thought this was a typo, uh, was a contestant on America's Got Talent, not Australia's Got Talent, America's Got Talent last year. What? Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, and, yeah. <laughs> I thought we escaped yeah. that show. <laughs> yeah, I, thought that we, I thought that we were done. I thought we never had to pay attention to it again. Um, but apparently, he he was on America's Got Talent, but he was like in like, he got cut in like the judges room before he actually got to the public voting thing. Okay. The only details I can find about him are are videos on his personal YouTube channel, which every single voice person has now of just mm. their pre voice stuff, which is like twenty covers of Maroon Five. Okay, <laughs> that's all they have. Um, <laughs> it's just that, and then like so, and then like Anne Marie's friends, and like something else that's contemporary, and also Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah because they all cover that song. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he was on America's Got Talent. He was one of the people that was featured, and I think probably just because he's a cute boy who's 19 there's a demographic for that we love it the people who care about this sort of thing enough to fill out online polls on sites like gold derby that still cover america's got talent Mm. uh voted him the one that they were like maddest about being cut by the judges huh so there's that he's gonna be performing pushing stars okay (laughs) (laughs) i I ended i ended this in like a weird ranty place but just like yeah there's so many. There's so many. AGT just brings it out of us. You can't spell AGT without AGT. I just get so mad. At, I just get so mad at Blank Scott Talent. Um. Anyways, so those six artists join Casey Donovan, uh, who's now announced that she's performing Proud. Iota, uh, who was the theater side of things. Mitch Tambo, who was sort of mixing modern beats with Aboriginal music, uh, and Vanessa Amorosi who I think we were trying to pinpoint which of her songs is going to be it. It's Lessons of Love. Okay. And that final will be February 8th, and we can discuss all the songs once those come out. Woo! And then uh, looking elsewhere on the calendar, 
in terms of selections. San Remo has announced its artists. Uh, there are 24 of them that are going to be participating for the title in Italy. Among the names in the list, uh, Raffaele Gualazzi, who represented Italy when they returned in 2011, mm. and Francesco Gabbani, who represented them a few years ago. Nice. No mention of he, if he will also be bringing a person in a gorilla suit again. Yeah. Uh, I'm guessing probably not. Uh, <laughs> probably not. People <laughs> but, change. Yeah, it was interesting this year, though, because uh, part of the process was anybody who wanted to participate, they had to indicate if they were going to go to Eurovision or not ahead of time, rather than the sort of right of first refusal that they've done the last several years. And there's like a side competition for the people who said... No, thank you. I, I think there's like six to eight artists for that. But yeah, this list of 24, like whoever wins that part of the competition will be going to Eurovision. Oh, nice. It's, yeah. it's good to have that already nailed down so that that way you're, you don't have like weird, well, they won, but then we talked to the, they said no. So we talked to number two and they also said no. Mm -hmm. The short story is our fifth place entry will be representing us. Yeah. So <laughs> the Netherlands has reported that they have selected their song and artist, which is cool. They have not revealed any details of like when we're going to hear about that, uh, but they have teased that their name begins with a J, which is fun because there's enough of those that the internet is running rampant. Yeah, I think I, we're just very hungry. We're just hungry for news. We're just hungry for news. Yeah, and I can't decide if it's really smart of Netherlands to kind of toy with us that way or uh, if it's, I don't know, a little obnoxious. <laughs> well, it is a little obnoxious because like the director of Avotros has reportedly said that they they think that they could win again, which... Do you guys want to do that? You have time to pick a different artist if that's the case. On the other hand, like Poland oh. was very confident and they for for junior Eurovision and they did. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like this was the same sort of bravado that they had last year and it worked for them. And, yes, yeah. I mean, I think I don't know. Like Netherlands has been getting very good press so far uh, with Eurovision. So like, if they're able to do it twice, I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, we'll we'll cross that bridge when we get there, but. We'll tape that episode when it happens. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other piece of selection news is that North Macedonia has confirmed that they are going to internally select an artist, which that worked very well for them last year. So mm -hmm. they're not going to fix what isn't broke. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, no date on that yet, though. So uh, yeah. I guess it's just like <laughs> we're participating. I guess that's the news there. <laughs> yeah. We are participating and we will be selecting an artist without people's help. Yes. So. Things that were selected with people's help uh, were the ESC 250 results. Uh, so that happened over New Year's Eve. And surprise, Euphoria won again. Every year that that song has been eligible, uh, it has been at the top of the chart. Uh, Arcade was the runner-up. So it was the highest ranking song from 2019. Uh, 25 songs from 2019 ended up making the 250 list. Uh, three were in the top five. It was uh, Arcade, uh, Soldi, and Spirit in the Sky. I was actually kind of surprised that Spirit in the Sky wasn't the top one. Uh, I, I figured... Yeah, especially given that it was the People's Choice last year. Yeah, that song is starting to grow on me, but uh, yeah, it's... Um, but it, I mean, still finishing it, in the top five is pretty impressive. It grew on me once I started listening to more of the stuff that uh, Kano was putting out mm -hmm. last year. Congratulations to them. Uh, Fuego, which was the runner-up last year, uh, slipped to number three. And then, let's see, in the top 20, uh, there was only one other song from 2019, and that was uh, Hatari, which... Yes! The, the nice thing about the ESC 250 is that just happens during the day here. So I was traveling back from visiting a friend in New Hampshire and was taking the bus back to, to Boston, and would just read like a chapter of my book and then refresh the page that was giving me the update on, on where things are at and be like, oh, look at that. 
Atari still hasn't showed up yet. And then was like was very convinced they were that we were that it was not going to work and we were not going to be anywhere near the top forty. And then we got to the top forty and was like, what if I was the only person who voted for them and they're not going to be in the countdown? That would be fine too. <laughs> so when they did finally pop in, it was it was it was good. I'm like that that's a good spot. I'm, I'm proud of of the fan base. Yeah, yeah. I I was I was genuinely surprised that it finished that high like i i also thought that like once we got into the top 30 it's like oh i guess like we really love the song but nobody else uh not enough not enough support out there but yeah it finished i think was 13th and yeah so very impressive there uh there were nine songs total uh from last year that made the top 50 uh looking at the full breakdown uh of the results Uh, All 41 songs from last year did receive votes uh, from people. Uh, Serbuk's Walking Out uh, from Armenia uh, actually tied for 250, but ended up missing the cut when you did the countback rules of like whoever had the most 12s. So 250 went to uh, Tunisia's Menina do Alta da Serra, uh, which is Portugal's entry from 1971. Of all 41 songs, uh, the one that got the fewest votes, or fewest points, rather, uh, was uh, D. Mole from Montenegro. Sorry, Montenegro. Uh, but it did finish 653 overall, and that was out of, uh, let's see, the results went all the way down to 1,293rd. So. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Uh, one that I was pleasantly surprised to see make the top 250, there, where I'm just like, well, that's entirely my fault. Uh Germany's Genghis Khan, mm. who we talked about during the ni- our 1979 episode. Yeah, uh, I I have a, a soft spot for that song, and I don't. I did. I forgot to screenshot my my ESC 250 ballot, but I do know that they were on there in some respect. So the fact that they appeared on the 250 after not being there last year or possibly the year before is at least partially my fault. Yeah. Well. Like, looking at the full breakdown of all the votes, uh, which we'll have linked in our show notes, uh, like, I didn't realize that they, like, put out, like, all of the results, so you can kind of do a lot of reverse engineering. Uh, one of the songs that was on my list last year and on my list this year was uh, Moldova's 2011 entry, uh, So Lucky, uh, the one with the pointy hats and the unicycle fairy and such. I was one of three people who gave that song points. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, okay. This is <laughs> a little embarrassing, but all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure if there's going to be anything that's going to be able to take down Euphoria, because again, looking at the full breakdown of results... There was a 1,500-point difference between Euphoria and Arcade. I I thought it was going to be much, much closer than that, but I guess not. I mean, I would be very interested to see during 2020's ESC 250 where Arcade sits versus where Fuego sits, because Fuego dropped one place. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it was kind of shocking because Toy uh, dropped several places. I think it was like 20-some places. And yeah. even then, like, it, it did not rank very high last year. So, or as high as one would expect the current year's winner to have ranked. Like, I think it was outside right. of the top 20, so. Right, and there, there, there is like a certain recency bias to filling out that. Mm-hmm. That poll. Looking ahead to what is coming up this week, we're getting more artist announcements and uh, songs are starting to appear in the wild. We've got Ukraine announcing their artists and presumably songs on Friday. Yep. And then uh, the big one starting this weekend, I think, is probably Norway is doing a much bigger 
Melody Grand Prix than they usually do. It's mm-hmm. the, the 60th anniversary of Norway being in the Eurovision Song Contest, and they're like, hey, that number ends in a zero. That means it's important. Yeah. When they initially pitched it, it sounded like it was going to be very Melfesty. Mm-hmm. And it is, kind of, but also it's different. Each week, we are going to getting a different region of Norway's four entries. So there's north, central, west, east, and south. Uh, one of those four entries is going to advance to the final. In addition, there are five pre-qualifiers, which is very confusing to me, but okay. Uh, and we're going to get to hear one of those. So that way, five songs are going to be performed. One of them has already qualified. One of the remaining four will qualify uh, and then at the end of all that, we will have the normal Melody Grand Prix with 10 songs, one each from North, Central, West, East, and South, and each of the pre-qualifiers. Online voting is replacing SMS this year, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, the article that I read uh, was saying that just kind of given the nature of the contest, and the person uh, that was quoted said duels, so I don't know if that was just a mistranslation or if there is like another layer to the uh, four song format uh, that's happening here, but I, that would not surprise me because I think that they did duels in the format last year. Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, they they were just saying that uh, online voting is just faster to tabulate than SMS, and it's more appealing to younger viewers to vote online than to vote by text. So that all tracks by me. that all yeah. tracks with me. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, week one is South Norway. And the four tracks that are competing this week are live. Those will be in our playlist. Uh, they are Kim Ristad's Rainbow, Rayleigh's Wild, Gerdman's Come Alive, and Lisa Borud's Talking About Us. As somebody who has listened to all of those a few times, I look forward to being very incorrect when we talk next week. But <laughs> my, like, having listened through, I th- like I think it might be Come Alive, maybe Wild. I don't know. We'll see. Mm. I, will, I will be wrong. I will be wrong, everybody. All right. <laughs> um, and then the they've also named the five finalists that have been pre-selected. So we have Diedrich and Emil with Out of Air. And Diedrich is the person who represented them in 2010, which should be interesting. Although, according to whatever I read somewhere, uh, the song he's doing with his brother is going to be different sounding from his entry in 2010, which makes sense because that was basically the, the Irish ballad of that year. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Ireland. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ireland. <laughs> Elsewhere in the in the pre-selections is Ulrike Brandstorp's Attention, Akavi's Som du Ir, which means As You Are, Sandre's Take My Time, and Tone Domley's Hurt Sometimes. And again, that grand final with 10 acts will be on February 15th. Right. And then uh, the other item happening this weekend is the start of the Lithuania Marathon. Hope you all stretched out and yeah, you got got your paces down. But I mean, uh, they they did make changes. Is it more of a half marathon this year? I think that's a, that's a good way of describing it. Like they really need to get it down to like a ten k or maybe a five k. But uh, yeah, Just like they, a fun run. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A fun run. Yeah. There, there will be no fun. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, this year they really have been like working to streamline the process. Uh, there were 60 songs submitted. Uh, s- some of the rules that they implemented was just like, you can only send in one song, Monica Maria. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's great when you know that the rule is one person's fault. Yeah. Yeah. So it's 60 songs were submitted. 
Only 36 will compete, uh, which is a which still sounds like a lot, but it is a 28% reduction from the number of songs that competed last year. So that's a weird math. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it's kind of adopting a format that is similar to uh, Hungary's format, where it's going to be uh, three heats of kind of pre-qualifying. So it'll be 12 songs each of those weeks. And half of the field will advance. So uh, six songs from each of those weeks, that's 18 songs moving on to the semifinals. Uh, there's going to be two semifinals of nine songs each. Uh, four will advance from each semifinal. So the final should have only eight songs. And I'm pretty confident about it this time because the Wikipedia page uh, that's keeping track of all of this already has that all frameworked out. So uh, please do not add any surprise wildcard rounds or <laughs> any, anything like that. We joke about that because they have done that in the past. Yes, yes. but uh, And uh, they're also making some other sort of stylistic changes. Uh, the jury isn't going to be offering critiques uh, after each song. Um, so yeah, they're just going to like go through the performances and I believe the jury might even be watching from another room. Like they won't be like a panel sitting in front of the stage, uh, glaring, uh, and um, then then they used to show the like sort of live tabulation of the public voting, like as it was happening, they're not going to be doing that this time, which is probably good because you, uh, it was kind of disconcerting that a song that has not yet performed was scoring more points than the song that was actively performing. <laughs> currently so, being performed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they're getting they're uh, hiding that element this time. They're learning. Around. Yes. Yes. So it could be a better process this time around, and you know. There's only two things to watch, although I believe they're probably going to be on at about the same time. So uh, you, may, you may need to have two screens or two windows open uh, while switching back and forth. But your uh, vision season is finally upon us. So <laughs> and yes. yeah, and both of those shows will begin this Saturday. Um, I know I will be I, I will probably be tweeting from it, Ben. I don't know if you're planning on watching either of these. I, I will be watching all of the Norwegian stuff as it works with my schedule. Excellent. And yeah, I think that's going to do it for this episode of the EuroWhat. Thank you for listening. The EuroWhat podcast is hosted by Mike McComb, that's me, and Ben Smith. That's me. You can find us on our website at EuroWhat.com and on social media at EuroWhat. We'd love to hear your comments, questions, and topics we should talk about in future episodes. You can subscribe to the EuroWhat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcast app of your choice. Be sure to check out our Spotify playlist inspired by this episode. We'll be back next week to try to make sense of what's new in Eurovision.